Bethany Beach Part 2, Episode 3. Thank you all so much for tuning in. My name is Matthew Boussard. This is If Maddie Had a Podcast. This is my show. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Love you all so, so, so much. This episode is incredible. I have three of my favorite people in the world, Lily McKinnon, my sister Sasha, and then Molly Power. We're still at the beach. You're gonna hear a little bit of that background music. I am so sorry, but I can't do anything about that. I use a dynamic mic. I promise I just can't do anything about the background music. We got 20 people over. We're all boozing. We're all having a good time. We're all just on vacation having a awesome beach week. So I do apologize for the little background noise. I do apologize. These interviews are incredible. Without further ado, let's get right into it all right so we welcome on one of my favorite cousins lily mckinnon hello lily thank you for joining us for a little bit lily just graduated this summer she was a high school senior at the time of the pandemic so i wanted to have her on ask her a couple questions about what it was like in school during the pandemic and I should start by saying, Lily, when did you move from in school to online your senior year? Well, what I remember is so like early March, we started to plan for like COVID and we all thought it was like, oh, this is never going to happen. Like online learning, like we had all these like assemblies and stuff. We were like, oh, this is like so dumb. And then it became like March 13 where like everything was shut down and they're like, we're officially moving into online. And so it was kind of crazy because we were like, oh, this is only happening until April. So I remember the first week, like it was so much like troubleshooting. Like I barely went to class. We basically used, we didn't use Zoom or anything. We used like Google Hangouts and stuff. So which was like, we should have used Zoom. It was so whack, like FaceTiming teachers and stuff. But I mean, honestly, I was still learning. It really wasn't that different. Okay. Yeah. Because I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you were a second semester senior. Yeah. So it's not like you had a lot of learning left to do, right? Yeah. You knew where you were going to school. When the pandemic happened, you moved from in class to online. It's not like it's really a big deal. I mean, you probably had some classes that you had to pass, of course, right? Yeah. But did you come up with anything clever during that? Like, would you maybe put a screenshot of yourself on screen? And well, my f- my favorite go-to was, oh, I'm so sorry. My Wi-Fi is cutting out. Like, I can't join this class. Can you email me what we went over? And those were the times where I really just, like, wasn't feeling class, didn't feel like going on FaceTime. <laughs> or I would just, like, exit out. So I'd say, like, I was on pause. Like, you know, yeah. just, like, classic. Because there was was nothing left to learn like right. second semester senior as you said the only class that I really had to kind of grind for was my history class because I was in a junior history class for some reason I think all oh. the senior ones filled up but okay. that was definitely one where I couldn't slack off as much in right but always pulling the classic my wi-fi isn't working yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. so you finished up and you decided to go to western Michigan is that right yeah so tell us a little bit about that decision and when you knew you're going there, maybe some other schools that you were interested in and just the whole application process when you started touring and things like that. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a crazy college application experience because okay. 
I like knew I wanted to go into musical theater because it's kind of just like, what do I like to do? What am I good at? And that was kind of it. I'm not very bright in school, but you know, it's okay. Not everyone is, but you know, I knew I wanted to do that. So I learned that instead of applying to like your classic, like nine, seven-ish colleges, I applied to 30. Not only did I have to write all those essays and apply to all of them, I also had to go there. But before going there to audition, you actually have to do this thing called pre-screens. So you have to basically, you have to film you singing all these different songs. You have to film all these different monologues, like one comedic, one dramatic. You have to film an up-tempo classic song. You have to film like dramatic classics. Like it's literally crazy. I had to shoot and film all these videos in addition to having to take all these classes on them and so I had to do all that send in those videos and then the college either approves or denies them if they deny them you can't audition all your money spent sending in your essays for nothing but then if you get approved you have to go to the college you have to spend all the money booking flights like actually going there you have to audition and then you find out like you also have to be academically admitted so it's actually it's the worst thing ever okay so you have to be academically admitted number one so of course you have to Satisfy the requirements, the SAT, ACT, GPA, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you have to send in your videos, you have to be approved, and you have to get in to that program also. And these schools only accept 15 kids for their program. (laughs) So it's actually, it's the worst odds ever. Who knows why I chose to do it? It's awful. But I mean, it's over now. I got into a college I really liked. But yeah, thankfully, they also have these things called unifieds, which are like conferences where a bunch of schools go. So you don't have to like go to all these schools individually, but only some partake. But those conferences are like different ring of hell. Like literally like all these like annoying theater kids you have to like go. They're all trying to like show off. Worst thing ever. I want to ask you about those theater kids because obviously theater kids have a reputation. Yeah. Is that true? Like, are those stereotypes about theater kids true about how they're always singing no matter what they do? Like, they could just be making pancakes in the morning and they're singing about that? Yeah, oh, they 100% are. I mean, (laughs) me, myself, like, I personally, I do not identify with them because, like, obviously it's what I love to do. It's what I'm going to college for. But, like, I cannot be around those types of people. Like, I just, I can't tolerate it. But, I mean, those people definitely exist. I mean, good for them. They're just, like, kind of living their truth. But me personally, like, I can't stand it. <laughs> but I mean, it's like people I'm going to be around the rest of my life. So I right. mean, I can tolerate it. I can deal with right. it. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about how you found your musical theater calling after Uncle Will and Antry stuck you into sports and stuck you into basically everything else yeah. that you really didn't like. And you finally found musical theater was your calling and, and that was your groove in life. How did you get to that point And when did you really realize like, okay, this is something that I definitely want to do in high school, definitely want to do in college and continue for as long as I can? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously growing up with four brothers, it was all like sports, very, very stressed in that. And so I was stuck into every sport imaginable. But then at my elementary school, there was like a sixth grade play where it was like mandatory that you do it. And of course, like it was mandatory. So I was in it and I was actually like, you know, like kind of like this. So I begged my mom to sign me up for like an outside of school type because I went to private school. So they didn't really have theater programs. So we found this like little program. It was like a production of Hairspray auditions were like the next day when we found out about it. So like I went there, I did my thing. I was put into the ensemble. And after one show, like I was absolutely hooked, loved my director. He ended up 
starting his own company called Ovations Theater, and I followed him there, did all that, and I just really fell in love with it, was surrounded by all these people, and they all seemed to be going off doing it in college, and I was like, okay, well, I'm doing shows with them. I started getting better. I got a voice coach, dance coach, started to be like, okay, this is my thing, and then senior year rolled around, and I'm like, all right, well, what do I want to major in? And, you know, it's the thing I love, so I decided, you know, this is right for me. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. And before I let you go, yeah. give me a couple of your favorite musicals. And do any of the Disney ones count? We don't have to go there. Personally, but- personally, they don't. Okay. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, I'm one for the super depressing musicals. So I have to say top three are Spring Awakening, Great Comet, and Next to Normal. I've seen a couple on Broadway. Yeah. I like Waitress a lot. That one I really. That one liked. is really good. I Sonic, like that it a lot. Closed in January. And Sarah, yeah, but, Sarah, you know. Sarah Bareilles is actually really underrated. No, she did such a good yeah, job. Like yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely up there. But the dark, I can get down with that a little bit. I haven't given it a shot because when you think like musical theater, you think about like happy, giddy, yeah. right? Yeah, you think about those kinds of shows. I haven't really given the dark stuff a try, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah I mean, going back to the theater kid thing you're talking about. Obviously, like I said, I didn't identify with them, but you know, at heart, I really am such a nerd for it so it's like I know yeah, yeah, yeah. all these dark ones see because that's really why I like it because it's just it's such all the depth and stuff right, like right. Ugh, I just love it okay so before I let you go yeah give a couple of our listeners some recommendations maybe some tips on if you're just trying to get in to mm-hmm. the musical theater scene or maybe just some musicals to go and see maybe on yeah. Broadway or stream or whatever well, like you said, Waitress is such a crowd pleaser. I would say if you start trying to get into it, listen to some soundtracks, read a couple librettos, go and see a show. I mean, what's not to love, you know? Absolutely. Just dip your toes in. Yeah, all right. <laughs> well, Lily, thank you so much, yeah, Lily. Course. That was awesome. We now welcome on my baby sister, Sasha. Hello. Christina, however Hello. you want to call her. If you want to be hip, you want to call her Sasha. Yeah. Sasha, no one thank else, you for coming on. No one else calls me Sasha. Thank I you. feel like there was a time when you were in middle school when you just ran around the house and you wanted everyone to call you Sasha. No. And, that, and then it just kind of stuck from no, there. No, I was definitely called Christina. And then once I started playing soccer, everyone called me Chrissy, but never Sasha. You just started calling me Sasha. See, she's trying to make me look bad on my own show, and I'm just <laughs> not going to stand for it. This is bullshit. No, my mom called, started calling me Sasha, and then you started. So... When we were growing up, we would spend a lot of our summers doing bullshit camps. Yeah. One of those camps was a gymnastics camp that is run by the Dobre twins' dad. Yeah. So the Dobre twins are this wicked famous social media family. Huge. Yeah. Every single Dobre kid is insanely famous. Yeah. And their dad ran our summer camp. They're from Gaithersburg, Maryland. We went to summer camp there. And we did gymnastics growing up, Mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. All I remember is one morning, it was August 25th, Matt was upset that it was his birthday and he was crying and I was just doing flips on the trampoline. That's all I remember. (laughs) Of course. The gymnastics trampoline that would shoot you 100 feet in the air. That's bullshit. (laughs) No, you were I can tell you you right now that's bullshit. If I had my birthday and I was forced to go to gymnastics camp, I would have been a rip shit. You were in the corner with mom and then I was going in. That's one of those memories I have like stuck in my head. You're such a Because I was like, I'm 
I'm still going in no matter what happens. <laughs> like, sure. I'm not going home today. So I was in my leotard. I was like, so, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Why but, the hell did we spend so much damn time in summer school growing up? And I'm not talking about summer school because you fail a class, you got to make up for it in the hey, summer. Hey, I didn't mind it. We would be elementary school kids and middle school kids, and we would be in summer school for three quarters of the summer. We would be in summer school for so long. I actually think it benefited me in the long run because... When we did that technology course, I knew how to type before any of my friends did. And then I also did arts camp with like plastering. And then one day I actually, I don't know if you know the story. I had a plaster shoe and I stole one of mom's heels and she got so pissed at me because I stole one of her shoes the next day. I plastered it and I come back and then she was like, was this my high heel? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then she was like. Shit. <laughs> I had a huge crush on Miss Wolf. She was in third grade. So I'm, I was obviously in third grade. I found the Christmas stash that year, and what I did was I took a stuffed animal that might have even been for you. What? And I wrapped it up. I wrapped it up, and I gave it a Miss Wolf. Sure and I said did. it's from me. You did. <laughs> so let's talk about some more family memories. Let's talk about how when we were growing up in high school, why did you get the bigger room, and why did you get the bigger bed than me? <laughs> That is a good question. I think honestly because I helped mom move more. I think you were the one that got me into One Direction because I really like One oh, Direction. Oh, all my posters everywhere? Their <laughs> one their ten year was the other weekend. I know. And, and I'm just thinking back. Can we talk about folklore? Alright, we're bringing back Lily McKinnon. We're talking a yeah. little Taylor Swift folklore. You wanna give us some lyrics real quick? Sing us some lyrics? I can't sing them to you, but I'll speak them to you. And I still talk to you. Yeah. Uh, my tears ricochet. My tears ricochet. What are your top three? So from folklore, I like August a lot. That resonates with me. I like Cardigan a lot, which is kind of the easy play because that's the one single and that's the most popular. But I also think it's such a unique easy play. It's not something you'd hear on the radio yet. It's like the fan favorite. The first day I texted Matt about Folklore, you were like, they're all sad songs. Yeah, like, they are no, all sad songs. Like it is a really good album. A lot of people are saying it's Taylor's best album. I was a little sad that there wasn't any pop songs. I was really expecting some uppers. See, for me, like it's the album for me. I'm all about the sad songs yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think her entire career has been leading up to this like i think it's perfection i don't think it's necessarily sad i think it's more like hopeful but they definitely have more of like a muted feel to them they're not like poppy as her old stuff like it's no cruel summer no but no, no, no. we do have some things that are like more on the all too well level you know you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. i feel it i feel it and then for my third exile with bonnie oh, there so good i gotta go with peace Mad Woman and The One. I yeah. like that one. Yeah. I, think it's I feel so like good. that one doesn't get as much like credit as yeah. it deserves. For me, I'm Exile, yeah. Cardigan, and Invisible String. Oh, Invisible, Invisible String is so, so good. good. So no, good. I kind of lost my shit when Sasha told me because I don't have social media. I don't know what's going on she when it happens. Yeah, yeah. So, so she made the announcement. It must have been that night or that morning. So it was either Wednesday night or Thursday morning because it came out uh, Friday. It was at Thursday. Like, it was literally yeah. Thursday morning. Yeah. And Sasha texts me, Yeah, Taylor Swift's dropping an album tonight yeah. out of nowhere. And I'm like, what the fuck like this was crazy because she yeah. usually doesn't do yearly albums she yeah. usually gives it a couple years in between goes on yeah. tour makes sense obviously with the virus she's not going on tour me and my friend were speaking this has been like a huge kind of year for her because she released lover 
Then she released her Christmas song. Yeah. Then she released her documentary along yeah. with another song. Yeah. Then out of the blue, yeah. a whole other album. Yeah, and there's still another song because, you know, she has that bonus track. If you buy yeah. the physical copy, there are fan theories saying not to be all nerd and stuff, but I have been reading. <laughs> but um, no, there are fan theories that are saying like because the physical copy of the album, that's the only version with the bonus track. They're taking taking like four weeks to ship out but they're saying she released the album she's gonna get all the um pr from that and then once the physical copy ship out last track it's called the lakes it's gonna be about her engagement with joe alwyn because in invisible string she talks about like her three-year anniversary trip like down by the lakes and everyone's saying like that's gonna be about the engagement because she's wearing a ring and a bunch of the photos oh my god we now welcome on Molly Power, Molly Murphy, one <laughs> of my favorite people ever. Molly, thank you for coming on. Thank you, Matt. You're one of my favorite people ever, oh, too. Thank you, thank so you, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So Molly and I... We go way back. We do. Molly was like a sister to me, but almost kind of looking in the mirror at someone who was kind of going through the same things that I was going through in life, Mm -hmm. but from the female's perspective. Because I have an older sister, she's three years older, and I have a younger sister who's three years younger. So Molly and I are the same age, Mm -hmm. and it was really cool because we've always been close, we've always been family. And I would maybe go through something for the first time. We would text we each would, other. We would, we, yeah, so. We were those we, yeah, buddies. Yeah, so we would text each other when I was going through something for the first time. Like, I would talk to you about my first experience with a girl or like mm-hmm. my first experience with boozing. Mm-hmm. And you would say the same thing. And yeah. that's really cool. Because I don't have someone who's, I don't have a, a brother or like, I don't have a sibling that's even close to really my age. And mm-hmm. and you were definitely that person that I would yeah. talk to and, and be open with and share things with. So that was always <laughs> that's cool. That's so yeah. sweet. I feel like it was the same way with you. I remember like at one point, like we definitely fell off at one point, but... I do remember at one specific point in our lives, like, we were, like, the ones that texted each other about, like, relationship advice or just, like, just everyday life, like, in general. And I just remember being, like, grateful for, like, that relationship that we had with each other because it was really nice to, like, confide in someone. So one thing that we also did at the same time was Mm -hmm. we graduated school. Mm -hmm. So... We graduated college a couple years ago. Now yeah. we're all of a sudden adults, just kind of thrown into the real world. Yeah. I wanted to bring you on, and I wanted to see if you could talk to us a little bit about what it's like graduating, what it's sure. like finding a job in the job market, what it's like transitioning from the college lifestyle the college to kid. the adult lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely... I would say the first year graduating, transitioning into adulthood is the most difficult time of your life from my experience because you go through this crazy, fun, kind of wild party lifestyle where your responsibility um, is basically just to get through classes and then you're living with your best friends and you're like partying and then as soon as you graduate you're just like kind of thrown into this real world and you're expected a lot more from I guess like your parents and like your peers and it's kind of like you're just like challenging yourself for me I knew that like after graduating I just like wanted to be able to find a job and live with my best friends so like 
for me, I actually went into an internship, um, which I know is like not really that common amongst like other young adults. Like everyone's kind of thrown into that young adulthood uh, first job. So it was nice to at least like live at home, like save some money. But I knew after that year, I made sure I saved money. And then I was like, all right, I set my goals on living with my best friends and then ended up getting my first big girl job. And now I'm like a year and a half into it. And it's been like the best decision ever. Going from living at home with mom and dad right after uh, college was like a weird transition because you go back to like all right now they expect like a curfew from you but I don't know the transition from that to like living with friends has been like really fun and now I feel like I'm almost back in college but like as an adult so it's like weird. I did like what you said earlier about how you would be in school Mm -hmm. and you didn't have a worry in the world. I've always felt that way too because when I was in college the only thing on my mind was, where are we going to booze tonight? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you know, where, for where are sure. we going to booze tonight? Yeah. Like, whose house are we hanging out at? Mm-hmm. And then you graduate. Yeah. You get a job. You move out. You moved out early. I moved out early, too. Mm-hmm. So, all of a sudden, you Oh, yeah, I was out after mom and dad gave me the first, like... <laughs> like rule or, like, shit. I was like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and you have... Fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars in bills, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why. Considering and it's I, real. Yeah, it is very real. When I was in you, college, I might have had like a hundred dollars in my bank account. Oh yeah, time. for sure. I, less than that, maybe. Yeah, less than that, yeah. I definitely did not go over mm-hmm. that. And the fact that you're doing so well is so good uh, to see. Yeah. Thank and, you. Yeah, Same absolutely. with you yeah, though. Well, thank you, thank you, I could you. easily yeah, yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. You. It's so refreshing and calming when you do get out of that gray area because mm-hmm. I do feel like oh, so many super kids, gray. so many Very kids, gray. yeah, they graduate school. They don't really know what to do. They might be working a dead end job. They mm-hmm. might not be working at all. Yeah. They don't really know what to do with their degree. And mm-hmm. once you can kind of get out of that gray area, find out what you really want to do with your life. It is so refreshing and yeah. calming and you can just focus on paying the bills and yeah. focus on hanging out with your friends yeah. and going out. Yeah. <laughs> and life is good. And I really do think one of the biggest things that I've kind of learned, especially after growing from high school to college to like adulthood, like you tend to lose some people along the way. Right. Which is life. And it's upsetting sometimes. But I've learned is just like, to learn how to like surround yourself around like positive happy people that are go-getters that really kind of does like build yourself up and create who you are for all of you listening if you're in a similar position maybe you're just graduating or maybe you're just trying to find that right career in life and really get your shit straight do try to find people who are go-getters and do try to find people that kind of share the same mission that you do that's really gonna make all the difference in the world and vice versa the people that don't share your mission and the people that aren't go-getters those people are only going to make your life harder they're only going to drag you down and you might experience that type of person in school you might live with them Mm -hmm. Uh, you might experience that co-worker or whatever but they're (laughs) out there (laughs) yeah some people are just like really debbie downers i've just learned to remove yourself from the situation it's almost like a weight lifts off your shoulder that's what i always tell my friends stay positive if like they're ever going through something like there's always another job always another boy always another girl always something else yeah 
always something else out there. I also wanted to bring you on to talk okay. a little bit about some relationship advice. So you are someone who can definitely help out a guy if they're in need of you relationship so. advice. Absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> what are the most common mistakes that you might see from a guy's dating profile, maybe a guy that you might bump into at a club. What okay. are what are some things, some easy mistakes that guys are making out in the field mm -hmm. that you just think, come on, man, what are you doing? I guess um, what makes us helpful is that most of my friends and myself are like single right now. So we're on the dating apps, especially with quarantine. We feel like the dating apps are kind of like where you're supposed to meet people at this point. I mean, like how else are you really supposed to meet anyone? I would just say a lot of mistakes that guys are making right now is just constantly just if you're leading a girl on and then all of a sudden you say you want to meet her and then you just ghost her, like blow her off. Girls are just going to completely cut you off then. And most of the time you hear from them a week later and that's not how you're supposed to go about it the girl at that point has most likely moved on or at least like with my friends and myself that's usually the case but if a girl is really into you she may try to like play that kind of card and I mean I'm guilty of it myself like I try to play the game back I like will purposely not answer you because I'm just gonna reciprocate the energy that's a really yeah. good rule of thumb out there so it's very toxic but no I no I I don't think it's toxic i mean it's toxic in the sense that you're not necessarily being you like if someone is responding to your text a couple hours later you get that text in five minutes mm -hmm. and then you respond a couple hours later yeah that i could see how that could be toxic but i also think that reciprocating the energy is really important making mm -hmm. sure that you guys are on the same page but i do like what you said about being hard to get because you have a guy who is playing a little hard to get mm -hmm. and as the girl you're like well okay like i see right through you i know exactly. exactly what you're doing and then the guy will come back a week later yeah i love that because that is the oldest trick in the book and mm -hmm. So many guys will say, dude, the key to getting a girl is just not caring. Like, just yeah. pretend like you don't yeah. care. And <laughs> girls can see that. Yeah. They know that. They know we that deep right down you do. It. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of weird, though. I mean, just like every guy is different. Every girl is different. And I have guy friends that have told me because I will go to like guys for advice all the time. And I'm like, this guy and I were hitting it off so much. And then all of a sudden he, like, we made plans. And then the, that same day he was planning to come to meet me. And then all of a sudden canceled. And they're like, you know what? He got cold feet because, like, one, he thinks it's too good to be true. Or it's, like, distance and, like, putting that into perspective. And if a guy's coming on too strong, all of a sudden you're like, oh, does he seem too desperate? Or is it, like, actually you guys are really hitting it off? Like, girls tend to, like, be, like, very overthinkers. And I feel like guys kind of it's more like when you put things into perspective and, like, you're about to meet up with the person, it's like, eh, is this going to be a waste of my time or is this right. going to be legit? Some of my friends are like, oh... I love the reciprocated energy. My friend recently just had met some guy and they hit it off like a week ago and they've gone out for a few dates and they've already made it official. For me, I would be like, 
okay, you seem creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some well, girls I, are so different. I would give it a couple dates for sure, but I might give it like a month mm-hmm. before Me too. getting official. I'm I think a month way. is a sweet spot. One yeah. week is like, Ooh, like, that's <laughs> slow your roll yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. a little bit crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. but i guess they say when you know you know and if some people hit it off like yeah. she really wanted a boyfriend and i guess he really wanted a girlfriend so yeah. like good for them if that's what they want i got a final question for you okay. before i let you go so high school cheerleading <laughs> you were a cheerleader yeah in high school is it really as competitive <laughs> as people make it seem to be I guess you could say, yeah. Like, I always said, when I had people ask me, would you consider cheerleading a sport after being a cheerleader? Sideline cheerleading? No. Absolutely not. So that would be, like, basketball, right? Basketball or football. Like, if you just see chance and, like, stunts on the sideline. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But competitive cheerleading, I would absolutely say, would be considered a sport. It's kind of, like gymnastics in a sense yeah gymnastics is in the olympics like there's tumbling there's all that stuff so yeah it is as competitive as you would think it would be i mean you perform like two and a half minutes and like you're running out of breath and those girls are fierce too some of them are fierce have you ever seen there's that netflix show i Um, haven't seen that though but i know exactly what you're talking about oh it's called cheer yeah and it is crazy i mean girls like break things left and right there's like eating disorders it's a legit thing (laughs) a little bit of a diss or like he's always trying to crack the jokes no 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 i was being real i was being real i wasn't gonna shit on you like that Hope you guys really enjoyed those three interviews. One more time, Lily McKinnon, my baby sister Sasha, and Molly Power. I had an incredible time recording that episode. A lot of fun at the beach. This vacation, again, was so needed. Oh, it felt so good to be able to go to the beach, see some family that I haven't seen in so long. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. Our channel is If Maddie Had a Podcast. We have Sarah Carrington, a really good friend of mine, in episode four awesome interview with her. Sarah is the greatest. I, oh my God, you guys are going to really like that one. That is, I had a blast recording with Sarah Carrington. So don't forget to chase your dreams, be impressive, adopt an animal, and I will see you guys later.